Welcome to BitFaced. Yeah. P- please turn my headphones on. <laughs> I guess let's try that again. Welcome to BitFaced. Been a little while since we've been in the BitCave or recorded anything new. Um, long story short, and I know you guys don't give a, a crap about this, but uh, Tyler and I both, uh, this is the time of year I'm super busy at real work that pays the real bills, that pays for these microphones we're talking to you on. And Tyler recently transitioned uh, jobs, so that's been kind of um, you know, kind of a, a period of adjustment for you, I would say. Yeah. Also, I just got done with two weeks of the worst cold that I think I've ever had in my life. It was terrible. And I worked through the whole thing. So if I don't sound like my normal self, that's why. But anyway, we wanted to get together today because so much has gone on in pop culture in the last month that we haven't been able to talk to you guys about at all. This will probably be a pretty quick episode. We're going to touch on some things. And I think what we're going to start with is we did get a new Marvel movie for the first time, I think, in forever because of how ill I was. I didn't even go see it on opening weekend, but I did get to see it this upcoming weekend, or this weekend that just passed, I should say, and that is Thor Ragnarok. A very big tonal shift for the Marvel Universe, but as always, and I don't know how they continue to do it, Marvel nails it and knocks it out of the park. Yeah, they definitely threw in a lot more humor than they they used to, Um, and at first, maybe the first like 20 minutes, I was like, oh, really? This is all they're going to do? But then they mixed it in really well with all the action and all the story, and I think overall, killed it. I liked it. I didn't like it as much as you did. I don't think it's top five Marvel movies. I can I can probably name the five that I think are better, but it was a, it's a good job. It's another one, too, that I, I want to watch again, but there was a lot of jokes. There were. There were more jokes than fights. Yeah, it definitely was more of just a like a story-driven you know, comedy. (laughs) I think too, because you really have to go serious with Black Panther. This was their last chance to give the audience a little palate cleanser before Infinity War hits in May. I think that's fair. Before people start dying. Yeah, exactly. And I think they're going to be bringing, you know, Marvel in general is going to be bringing a whole lot of darker things with new mutants and Black Panther and uh, everything like that, that this was a good way to kind of say, look, we we still do funny and we'll still bring you great stuff, but prepare yourself because some shit's about to go down. Yeah, and I, and I don't think you can make Black Panther the comedy movie of the two. I think you kind of have to go with Thor. And I think definitely it was a case where Marvel let the director kind of what they did with James Gunn. They let him bring his own vision to the picture. I think they're going to do the same thing with Black Panther, with uh, Coogler directing it, uh, Ryan Coogler, which who I I loved um, Creed. Yeah. Surprisingly, because I'm not a big Rocky fan. I thought Creed was really good, though. So I, I like that. All the performances were good. One thing I didn't understand, and they never explained it, and I guess maybe they don't have to, why the hell did they have to cut his hair? Yeah, I have no idea. I Is there a deleted scene somewhere that we're missing? Because, uh, it, yeah, it was funny. And, and before we go any further, uh, further in the episode, 
if you haven't seen Thor, Stranger Things, Star Trek, or the Orville, we are going to be getting into spoiler territory, and we're not going to apologize for it. But anyway, Stan Lee shows up in a great cameo, as always, to cut Thor's hair, but it's never explained why he has to have short hair. So that part I didn't get. I mean, I guess all the gladiators had short hair. Maybe they were just going on that, you know, normal trope. Like, that's something that even in, you know, movies about gladiators, we see them always cut the hair really short. So it was a real colorful movie. The planet that they spend most of the flick on, Jeff Goldblum's planet, was a really colorful place. They do tie in a little backstory with a new character called Valkyrie, who yeah. I guess is in the comics. I, I don't know the Thor comics as well as I know the, the rest of Marvel. Yeah. Um, apparently I was doing some reading on that too. And she even teams up with, uh, Hulk and defenders. Oh, okay. So yeah, no, I, overall, if you're, if you're a Marvel fan, you've probably already gone out and saw Thor. Uh, I liked it. It's, I don't know how much money they had to spend to get Led Zeppelin to do the movie. I mean, Led Zeppelin is, they don't give their music to anybody. In fact, dazed and confused doesn't even have the song dazed and confused because Led Zeppelin won't let, People years the music. We got immigrant song not once but twice in in the film. They kind of bring it back as a throwback to okay, shit's about to go down, which I thought was cool. I mean, the movie opens on a joke, does it not? Pretty yeah. much, Thor oh. talking to himself in the in the jail cell, and it kind of seems like he's talking to you, and then you realize, oh wait, there's a skeleton. Wait, here. he's talking to that that dead body, and and it's just, uh, I, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. I um, I think everyone needs to go out and see it. And I guess this weekend, uh, especially since I'm feeling better, we will get to see what's going on with the Justice, the Justice League. League movie, which is getting very good buzz. Yeah. I've heard, though, that they have they have brought in a lot of the humor, too. So maybe they're trying to learn something from Marvel. Uh, honestly, like it's never bothered me that they've been dark. But my favorite review so far has said that it is the closest that the cinematic universe has gotten to being like the animated DC films. And that is huge for me. That's very promising. Um, And and I hope it's good. Gal Gadot came out today and said, if Warner Brothers Studio doesn't fire Brett Ratner, she will not put on the Wonder Woman costume ever again. Oh, wow. Based on all of the... And we won't get into any of this, but essentially, I guess since the last time we recorded BitFaced, a lot of sexual uh, harassment, not necessarily allegations, I would say truths, have come out in Hollywood and people are dropping left and right, including one of my favorite comedians. And this, I don't say that to excuse what he did. He's still a phenomenal comedian, Louis CK. I mean, he's done. I'm, I, we, I mean, Netflix dumped him. Yeah. He's the comedian that does, uh, I mean, famously. So does a new special yearly because he, that's, that's the kind of chops he had. I mean, I think he's done. Obviously Harvey Weinstein's done. Hell, George Bush, not junior, but the first George Bush, even he, he's like 94, is getting, I mean, so. Yeah. And I, I only think it gets worse. I don't think that this is, I think this is the beginning, not the end. I definitely think this is the beginning. I mean, there was uh, Spacey and George Takei and. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, I think it goes way, way further than this. I think it's going to, like you said, it's going to, it's going to all blow up. But the fact that you've got your your savior of your cinematic universe, let's be honest. If Wonder Woman would have tanked, I don't know if we get a Justice League movie. Granted, I know that it was, you know, part of it was filmed and things like that, but they went back and redid the whole thing after 
Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman needed to work for DC to continue going the direction that they did. And I've heard that she's the best thing about Justice League as well, just like she was the best thing about Batman vs. Superman. And her standalone movie was great, too. When your Wonder Woman wants to walk... Based on, and I don't even think she's involved with, uh, I don't know if you know who Brett Ratner is. Supposedly, he's a really shitty dude. He directed mm. the uh, the Rush Hour movies. He oh, directed okay. the, the very, very crappy, and yeah, no offense, Brett. I, I know you're a shitty person, but your third X-Men movie sucked dick. It was terrible. It was god-awful. It's, it's in Crystal Skull, Star Trek Into Darkness territory for me that I only saw it once, and I have no desire to see it again. I don't even remember most of that movie. I just remember... Juggernaut, who's not actually a mutant, being stopped by uh, Leech or whatever his name is. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Phoenix. And I was just like, oh, Phoenix is cool. And then the rest just dropped out of my whole mind. I remember when I got the tickets, um, it said like 87 minute runtime. And I was like, for the third part of a trilogy, I said, this movie is, is fucked before it gets out of the door. And it was. Yeah. But yeah, I guess from based on whatever happened... And I've heard Rush Hour 4 is in pre-production. So I assume Ratner is working currently. I didn't do a lot of research because I didn't think we were going to talk about sexual harassment today. But I see a lot of our favorite actors maybe not being around. I mean, according to what I've read, Spacey is fucking done. Now, can you come back from this? Yes, Mel Gibson has proved that. But on one side of the fence, you have Mel Gibson. On the other side of the fence, you have, and it's not sexual harassment, but look what happened to Kramer. Or yeah. look how long it took Pee Wee Herman. Kramer's never coming back. Yeah. Uh, Pee Wee Herman has gotten redemption, but, I mean, that took forever. And those weren't even harassment. One was being a racist, and one was just jerking off in a theater. Some of these accusations that have been made towards these actors, I believe them. I know there's two sides to every story, but, you know, I grew up with sisters. You grew up with a sister. I've had very frank conversations with my girlfriends over the years about things that they experience that I don't. Coming from a standpoint of curiosity. I agree. And it's inexcusable. And one last, we'll go back to Justice League or go back to Thor, but, uh, yeah, come on, Kevin Spacey. Like, don't use the fact that you harassed... um, Someone from one of our new favorite shows, Star Trek Into Darkness, you know, that's who he harassed, is uh, Anthony Rapp, who, uh, the blonde-haired dude. I can't think of the character's name right now. The asshole that got his redemption a couple episodes ago. The engineer. Oh, not Star Trek Into Darkness. No, 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 sorry. Star Trek Discovery. 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 Yeah, okay. I was like, wait, wait, who? Yeah, Yeah, I can't think of his name either. That's who accused him. Oh, wow. So this all kind of ties into something we're going to talk about in a little bit but then kevin spacey came forward and said oh i'm gay yeah and it's well that doesn't really excuse things there bud no you can still sexually assault someone of the same sex and that's still wrong and and i hate to say it i believe it i believe that it happened yeah um and i think this is a good opportunity for i guess if this has happened to you Maybe maybe now's the time, you know, strike while the iron's hot. I hate to say it like that, but maybe it's time to come forward. Maybe yeah. there needs to be a lot less of this. There's no question about that. I agree. Let's talk about Into Darkness. We got our first Star Trek series. Discovery. Sorry, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, Discovery, Disco. Um, we got our first new Star Trek series since Star Trek Enterprise came out. I never watched Enterprise. I've seen every episode of both the original series and Next Gen. I'm not into 
Deep Space Nine or what was the other one, Voyager. Yeah. I was really excited about this. I was too. I do want to talk before we get into the show, which you and I both love, the business model. And here, here's my problem with the show. And I'll just be very brief because anyone listening to this knows what's going on. But after football one night, they showed the pilot. They gave us an hour. We sat down and we watched we sat it. Sat down and watched it. Yeah. Now we knew this was coming. Don't don't think this is like a story of surprise. Tyler and I knew it was happening. Right. But then they were like, "Hey, want to watch the next episode? Sign up for CBS Online, eight ninety nine a month or ten ninety nine a month without commercials, and you can watch episode two. So, of course, instead of doing that, Tyler and I found other means to get the show, and we're not going to get into that either. But my question is this: Star Trek's audience. Most of us, and I'm not going to speak for everyone that watches Trek, most of us, we probably know how to operate a computer, or we probably know someone that does. I'm not great with computers. I promise you I could have gotten Discovery. We oh, yeah. have a much more convenient way that you and I are getting it now. Yeah. Basically, we're kind of cheating and taking it from international Netflix. Yeah. Which is also bullshit because everyone else that pays for Netflix and the rest of the world gets Star Trek, but because we live in America and they have some shitty CBS streaming services, we don't get jack shit. Yeah, I don't. It's it's still I don't understand that. And obviously, it, it must have done well enough outside of outside of the United States because I can't imagine that many people paid for the CBS Go app. I I really can't. I don't know a single person who has out of everyone I know who's watched it, and that's quite a few. But it must have done well enough outside of the United States on Netflix that they got a second season. So why don't just move it to Netflix? Period. In the United States, everyone would love that. And clearly Netflix pays enough and Netflix has enough money to make their own TV shows. Stranger Things is one of the you know biggest shows, not on TV clearly, but just in general. I don't know what they're thinking. And I'm with you. I know a lot of people. My parents won't drop loot to pay for the CBS app. They would watch the show if they could watch it on Netflix, though. I just think you you eliminate so much of your your viewership. Sure, the Star Trek geek might drop eight bucks a month, but you put a show like that on Netflix, how many more viewers are you going to attract well i think a ton and what would be awesome about that too is we would get a lot of people who would be into star trek that weren't normally trekkies especially with you know how the show is filmed and how it goes through the story yeah because let's be fair uh and we'll talk about that kind of what we're comparing it to in a little bit it's not a very star trek show but it is a very good show it's a it's a phenomenal sci-fi. It is a great, but it's not very. Um, and the Orville is what I'm alluding to is yeah. way more of Star a Star Trek. Trek show than Discovery is. But Discovery's still really good. And yeah. I'm curious. They're kind of we find we got to hear the name Spock. Uh, we're getting little bits and hints. If the show goes on long enough, we could potentially see Kirk. Captain Pike is is alive and kicking. We know that. We saw his name on a monitor, and so is Captain Archer. Spock has been mentioned. In fact, the main character of the show, Michael, is Spock's half-sister, which is another thing I don't like, because why the fuck, in all of the years of Star Trek, Spock has never mentioned her? We've seen Spock in, in numerous series and movies. We've seen Sarek in numerous series and movies, and Michael has never been mentioned before, so... 
I hope you're correct what you said earlier, that they're going to figure out a way to explain why we've never heard of her. Uh, you know, it's it's one of two things to me is either they're going to bring it up and they're going to say, uh, you know, we sent Spock off to do this or that, or, you know, Sarek has two houses and, you know, he told his wife that they have to keep it separate or, or something. Or, because this is before, you know, a Star Trek original, so... But, I mean, what's the what's the timeline, right? Is it in the same exact timeline as, you know, Star Trek, the original series? or is it, it has to be before because Sarek is younger. Yeah. So I know, and we can probably look this up. It's got to be like 15 years before. But Captain Pike is serving. So we have a fine window here. I mean, I would imagine Spock is alive. Yeah, well, they said he... Uh, in the most recent episode that he was in school, right? That he was in school, correct. Yeah, so he's young. He's basically the flashbacks that we saw in the 2009 Star Trek movie, would be my guess. And the Star Trek movie, that's a whole different timeline. And so does it follow that timeline? Does it follow the original you know, TV show timeline? I don't think they're in. And I think what geeks call it is the Kelvin timeline is what the new movies is called okay, uh, or are called. I don't think we're in the Kelvin timeline. I think we're still in the original series timeline. Now, I could be wrong or this could be a complete third, third. timeline. Yeah. And so those, that's my other explanation for it is maybe that's why he never mentioned it because it might not exist in Star Trek, the original series timeline. I think they're very foolish not to try to tie it into just for story. You can do so much with, you know, a little kid, little James Kirk or whatever. I mean, they do it on Gotham with, uh, with little Bruce Wayne, how he's suited up already. I guess I quit watching Gotham, but he's already like junior Batman. So that's really cool. I think you have to, you have to, well, they, and they already had, but you have to acknowledge some of that history there. Now it has been renewed for season two. Um, I don't think you and I have seen the whole season one, but we've seen most of it. It's real good. It's um, it's not the direction I expected them to go. I really like the captain. Um, I love oh, Jason yeah. Isaac's character. Um, he's a very flawed captain. He's a captain with problems. He is definitely not John Luke Picard, and he is definitely not Captain Kirk. But he has a very high level of intelligence, and he has this awesome capability to run his ship in his own you know direction outside of starfleet like all the good captains you know have they've made their decisions regardless of what you know code is and they brought in a lot of cool sci-fi ideas the spore drive for example and some things that i think are going to have to go wrong because if not why haven't we seen them in the other movies you i guess you always have to think about that when you're writing a series right but that doesn't mean you can't bring some cool ideas to the table and i think they've had a lot of uh they've had a lot of good ideas i like the characters i like this new character they introduced uh, tyler yeah. he seems pretty cool um and i think they needed they needed someone like that they needed kind of a, a swashbuckler the show is very serious in tone there is not a lot of humor on it except no. with tilly yeah it's true tilly is She's very, she's just airy and fun. She's a, she has a, a very good way to break up how serious the tone of the whole show is. I think you had to have her as a foil to Michael because yeah. Michael is so serious and needs to be. Yeah. You can't really. She was raised by Vulcans. Raised by Vulcans. And yeah. she, I mean, she's been through a lot. She never thought she'd be back on a starship based on what happens in the, and the first two episodes are kind of like an intro movie and then the show 
happens. Um, you're yeah. on a completely different ship when the show starts. You're not even on the Discovery. No, you're on the, uh, what was it called? I can't remember, but Anthony Michael Hall was there. That was something cool, too. But it got blown up. Yeah, so. and, you know, Michelle Yeoh, I didn't think she was going to be around for a while, and, of course, she wasn't. She was there to kind of yeah. kind of send the show off, which was good. I imagine we're going to see some, uh, you know, we've already seen Mud, who is a very famous character from the original series. He was a villain, I, I believe, twice in uh, I, Mud, and Mud's Women are the two original series episodes, if you want to look those up. And, yes, I just came up with that off the top of my fucking head. Um, Rain Wilson playing Mud, though, is cool. I like seeing – you figure Rain would probably be typecast as Dwight Schrute for the rest of his life. Right. Understandably so because he played that role so well. He did a great job as, as Mud. It took me a while to recognize that it was him because I saw him as you know Dwight. And then Tony was like, is that is that Dwight? And I was like, oh, it is. He does a good job. And yeah. uh, this is spoilers for you. He's back at least twice more this season. Oh, that's awesome. So we're going to get to see him kind of as their um, as, as their does their first villain, if you will. It's still it's it's really interesting to me because going into it, I would always think that we would follow the main character as the captain, but he is kind of a sub character to the whole story. So the science officer is going to be uh, Michael's the main character the main this character. time around. Yeah, I tell you what, I had high hopes for the show as soon as we turned it on for the first night, and I saw executive producer nicholas meyer that's what i want to see when i when i power up a star trek movie or a star trek show if you put nicholas meyer's name on it i know it's going to be good and you can you can feel his fingerprints on the alice in wonderland uh parts that have come into the story i'm not guaranteeing it but i almost promise you that is him i almost promise you that is his input into the story this is star trek we always have allusions to other literary novels let's have alice in wonderland be her uh be her book yeah. and, and it works perfectly i like it a lot and god the production value i don't know what they spend on that klingon makeup but jesus dude that must take hours to do and doug jones his makeup looks amazing as well and he plays a very a very interesting character yeah, I really I want to see his character continue to grow because like I'm starting to dislike him more and more. I think you have to though, because originally, I mean, the hated character was Anthony Rapp's character. Yeah, he got a little bit of redemption this week. I don't think you're ever supposed to like everyone, and that's fair. I think that's what they're going for. I just I want to see him grow in a way that hopefully, like you know, is somewhat enjoyable. He can do shitty things sometimes. He can be a jerk, whatever, but. Do it for the good of something. And we'll use the good of something to transfer over to the... The Orville might as well be called Star Trek The Next Generation Part 2. Yeah, or just Star Trek The Orville. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it starts off rough. And I'm not going to say rough that... I don't know about anyone listening, but when I first saw the trailer and Tyler first saw it, our thoughts were... This is going to be Family Guy slash the Naked Gun in space. Yeah, this blazing is going to be saddles and joke after joke after joke, and that's what we expected when we watched the first episode. That is not what we got. In fact, all of the jokes for the first episode are in that trailer. Yeah. There's a couple outside of it. The the blue cum spurting out of the dude's forehead. Yeah, but and that wasn't Rob Lowe in that first in the pilot, was it? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I wanted to go back and look last night. I was like, wait a minute. That wasn't yeah. Rob Lowe, but it's good makeup. It is. Um, Seth MacFarlane, though, has pulled in all of his Hollywood contacts, all of his favors, it seems like, to get this show made. And you can tell 
Like, the first episode was kind of a bait and switch. Like, okay, throw this one out there. The network will be like, oh, it's like Family Guy. Ha, ha, ha. You know, people will love this. That's not what they're doing with it, though. There's still jokes. But they're really tackling some more serious issues on the show. And it's it's a lot more drama than I expected. Is that what you kind of thought? Yeah. In fact, I almost gave up on it after two episodes because... Our expectations and what was set was so much different than what it was. Uh, but then I think I think it was the third one uh, where Bordas has the child. And it turned it around for me because it just it added a whole new narrative and it started adding new worlds and it started adding new, you know, uh, just missions and all sorts of cool things that they were doing. And it turned into Star Trek. And I appreciate it a lot. It's more of a Star Trek show than Discovery is, but both are good shows. Both are great shows. And Orville has been renewed for season two, so we will get more Orville. I like what they've. Uh, I really like what they've done with the characters. I'm with you. I almost stopped watching it after uh, after the second episode because it just wasn't clicking with me. Now, I don't know if I like it as much as Discovery, and I know that's a very unpopular opinion because everyone loves the Orville, and everyone's kind of like, uh, well, if they've seen Discovery. Right. Well, because they're probably not paying for it. Well, yeah, and they're not hardcore like us. We're like, okay, you're going to do this bullshit and put it behind a paywall? Fine, I'm going to climb over your fucking paywall because yeah. I want to watch Star Trek. You know? Yeah. Because I already pay for Netflix. Right. We already pay for all sorts of stuff that it could have been on, like cable, where CBS is. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. to be fair, man, we're not like cheaping out. Right. I just don't feel like CBS offers anything to me besides that Star Trek show. It so it took what two three three months to run, yeah. Because it's over tonight. Yeah. Well, we're taping the Sunday. This will probably come out a little after that. But, so uh, that means to watch a series, I would have had to have paid over twenty dollars just for one series. Which you could honestly, if you would wait, you could just drop the twenty bucks and have a nice steelbook DVD yeah. or Blu-ray uh, collection of the first season of discovery. Correct. Absolutely. 20, 20 to 28 would yeah. be my guess, especially with the short season count, you know, uh, how many yeah, episodes 14, is? I think is the first, I think they're doing well, maybe 16, eight and eight. Like this is the first half of the first season, I think. Yeah. And then they're going to come back and have more. I think they wanted to see how it would do. And I think it, it, it obviously did well enough for them to renew it. How? I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know either because I don't know anyone that's paying for it. Uh, and everyone I know that's watching it, it's kind of like wink, wink. Yeah, I know how you're getting it too, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a good show. They need a better pay model because, I mean, I guess I might watch Survivor on CBS occasionally. I don't give a shit about Young Sheldon. I don't give a shit about NCIS, CIS, CISV, CVSV, Las Vegas. There's like a hundred of them, dude. There's like fucking a hundred of them. I don't care about any of that shit. Yeah, but the other part is you can still watch those shows on TV if you wanted to. You Right. You don't have to. I could pull up cable and yeah. I could watch whatever I wanted to watch. Xfinity On Demand has all those episodes of all those shows. Like, why couldn't you do that is my only question. Like, clearly you thought it's going to do so well that so many people are going to pay all this extra money just to watch this one show. There's not that much value in it to me. Me neither. I love the show. I really wish you just put it somewhere where it's way easier to access. And I want new Star Trek fans. And I think this is the Star Trek to do that. I completely agree with you. And the fact that they are holding it out from the American audience was, I'm going to guess, 
and don't want to assume anything, there's probably more American Star Trek fans than maybe other nationalities. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think so. Is there I, a reason all the movies are in goddamn English? I think you're right. I, I really think, you know, most of the fans are, honestly, older Americans. And this is a way to draw in younger Americans, like... It's it's a mistake, CBS. Take it out from behind your paywall. Make it good like Netflix is. Netflix that can produce a show like Stranger Things. Uh, you and I blew through season two in about a week. I think I actually watched it quicker than you did this time. I was really addicted to it. I'm not going to say season two was better than season one, but the fact that we already had established characters always helps in the telling of a story. There are a lot of great arcs. I think season two, while maybe not better, improved upon everything that season one gave it. I like to. I, I, and I'm glad it had kind of a, a pseudo happy ending. Yeah. Even though we know that the kids aren't out of trouble yet. And we know the mind flare is still looming, you know, over the school gym at the end. In fact, I think that's the last thing we see. Yeah. At least Mike finally got his dance. Yeah. And that's, you know, that, that was a, that was a very touching moment. Bringing Sean Astin on to the show was a stroke of genius, not only because I think he's a great actor, but the fact that Stranger Things is the Goonies. It basically what it is. And you brought in, you know, Mikey from the Goonies to be the brain. Um, you got a great pirate treasure joke out of it. Uh, I mean, I almost lost it when he said that. Too bad Bob died, but Bob was definitely, besides Steve, transformation bob was definitely my favorite part about season two i liked what they did with steve though you got to see steve completely get his heart broken but completely also step up yeah and and almost save everybody like he was the hero i think of season one he's like he's the hero of season two right you have to say him and hopper him and hopper for sure because everyone else just kind of doesn't do a whole lot. Like, oh, Eleven obviously shows up in the end and closes the portal. But, yeah, she's the main hero for sure. I mean, come on. But, but Steve really uh, Steve really steps it up, and you really go from – and I think they did this completely on purpose. But you go from hating Steve in season one to kind of liking Steve at the end of season one. But you're still like, ah, she should have ended up with, with uh, Jonathan. With Jonathan, not Steve at the end. You're like, ah, that, I don't like that Steve guy. But then they bring in Billy, Ugh. and then you realize, you know what? Steve's not that bad of a dude. Once you when you when you put him next to mullet-haired, spraying cologne on his dick, Billy, you you really you really you actually kind of like Steve. You're like, you know what? If I had a choice to hang out between one of those two guys, I would pick Steve every day. I you know I like Jonathan at the end of season one. I really hoped that Nancy would have ended up with Jonathan over Steve. But in season two, I'm almost sad because of it, because I'd like Steve so much that I'm like, well, I wouldn't have minded if she ended up with Steve. And I think they, I think they did that on purpose. I think yeah. that's why they brought in the, the crappy bully. Like you, They're like, oh, you think Steve's a bully? Oh, no, we'll bring you in a bully. We'll bring in someone that you fucking hate. Yeah. Um, all the actors, of course, did a, did a great job. Obviously, though, the kids went and saw Ghostbusters that summer. They did not go see fucking Gremlins, though, because why would they ever bring in a creature into their house, Dustin, and then fucking feed it? <laughs> Both movies came out the same time. I did my research on that. Lots of great – the Duffer brothers that do the show, they definitely – they're my age. So they, they come from – they saw the same movies that I saw when I was growing up as a kid. 
and it's all over the screen. Not a coincidence that you bring in Paul Reiser to be the head of the evil lab, just like in Aliens. Not a coincidence that Steve and Dustin are walking down the train tracks talking about hairspray. Very similar scene in Stand By Me. There's there's lots of Aliens. There's lots of The Exorcist. There's lots of Stand By Me in this season. Of course, we get Ghostbusters. Of course, the music is amazing, as always. Um, It's a nice little love letter to the 80s. I felt like there was a lot less anachronisms this season compared to season one. I felt like they really sat down and were like, okay, it is winter of 1984. Only these things have happened up until then. Did you notice that, um, God, what was it? Nancy's parents are Republicans, but Dustin's parents are Democrats. I didn't catch that. Yeah. One of them has the, the Reagan uh, sign in the front yard. The other one has the Mondale sign. That's funny. There's lots of little, uh, little things like that. I mean, the fact that the season opened with them playing Dragon's Lair one of the hardest arcade games of the 80s, and they were stealing quarters to do it, that was a nice touch for me. Even though, and I haven't verified this, you can't put six characters into a Dig Dug name. Stream. I don't think so. I think it's only three. Yeah. And maybe they changed that for the for the show. But why not just have her put in Max? Max, right. M-A-X. Dust, Dustin could be, you know, something else. I don't know. Yeah. Dus. Yeah, maybe, maybe Dus. <laughs> what is Dustin's last name? I... I, I I always never remember their last names. I can't remember any of their last names. Um, well, God, we should Will know. Byers? Will Byers, yeah. I got that one. And Nancy and Mike are... Uh. What'd you think about the scene where uh, this was kind of just a, a one-off in the show, but where Billy shows up and is flirting with, <laughs> with Nancy's mom? I wanted to see him lay her out right there. Stranger flings. <laughs> Stranger flings. <laughs> Maybe we get that next season. You assume that everyone's coming back, right? Oh, yeah. I think so. Uh, you know, obviously not Bob because he's dead. And such a nice little tribute in the last episode um, when Mike is like, yeah, you guys know Bob started the AV club. Like, we wouldn't have our, our crew. Not that we wouldn't be friends, but we wouldn't be the av club yeah if it wasn't for if it wasn't for bob i thought that was great like i liked i didn't care for his character and then like i liked his character and then i thought he was okay and then he died and i was like eh. and then they threw in that one thing and immediately i was like oh his character was great the whole time i just didn't see it you didn't see it right yeah. no he was he was perfect he was the one that needed to sacrifice himself and i'm sure sean Aston was probably like all right I'll do one and I'm good. Yeah. Like bring me in, use me, use me well, and I'm out. But yeah. Sean Aston auditioned, and they almost didn't pick him wow. because they didn't want to hit everyone over the head with the '80s references. But we've already got one in a writer there. Yeah, why not bring in her love interest? I mean, it was perfect. As I'm going back to and rewatching a little bit, there's stuff I'm picking up on now. Like Sean Aston was Dracula. Winona Ryder was in Dracula in the yeah. '90s. They're dancing together, like. Um, one thing that I think only Doug London I picked up on, because I asked you and your friends and you made fun of me for being so old, is... I did not. Nancy goes to a party at Tina's house and leaves with red all over her, which is a direct reference to Nightmare on Elm Street. If it's not, I mean, come on, it has to be. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff like that. Uh, but the fact that the show appeals to both generations, but no one from your... I mean, you didn't uh, we make don't get a lot, me, but uh, yeah. yeah. And it, I think it's okay that maybe we don't get all the same references. Uh, some of it's stuff maybe we hadn't seen. Some of it's stuff that, uh, uh, you know, maybe we're just not remembering because we watched it when we were really young. Um, but you still haven't seen The Goonies, dude. 
Yeah, I know, and I... That is a, an American classic. Some of your friends said, well, I have to be deported since I haven't seen it. Yeah, and you still have my copy of it <laughs> that you borrowed like two apartments ago that you've never given back to me. Well, I have it. It's in the house. Maybe you should watch it. Maybe you should watch it with Titus. I will. I think Titus will like it. I think Titus will love it. I yeah. think he's at the right age to, to watch it. Yeah. But you need to watch The Goonies because when you watch The Goonies, you're going to be like, oh, this they, is... they've already done this before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. One thing I don't think Dustin would have is that uh, that headset for the uh, the walkie talkies. I never saw kids when I was a kid riding around with those. If anything, I would have cool. think like Lucas would have had that. Yeah, Lucas would be more of the. Uh, we got to see Lucas and uh, Dustin fight over a, a, a woman, girl, a girl, yeah. uh, which was cool. The uh, God, the heartbreaking scene at the, the end, man, where uh, Dustin doesn't get to dance with anyone, and Nancy walks up and dances yeah. with him. Dude, I was, uh, I had a little tears in my eyes. I, I've been, I've been Dustin before in that situation. I was cheering, man. I was like, oh, well, I can really cheer because I was at work, but like, <laughs> uh, but I almost stood up and was like, yes, yeah. I, I thought that they actually they gave the characters a good ending, even though we know I, I imagine that we're gonna get at least two more seasons i think so too i mean eventually the kids get older but yeah and i mean and then they do a throwback when i'm 60 and they do like (laughs) stranger things now you know yeah still stranger things or they make something entirely different that has the same feel and like references the thousands like the 2000s and you know it's about kids adventuring it's not even called stranger things it's just the exact same thing different name I, I can see them doing that. Uh, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, though, I imagine you've already gone and, and watched season two. I think Tyler and I, it's safe to say we both enjoyed the hell out of it. So Definitely. it's a, I think it did take me... Uh, you know, I tried watching episode one and episode two when I was really tired. So besides those times when I fell asleep and had to rewatch those episodes, it took me one day to get through the whole season. Yeah, I, I spread it out over three. Um, did three, three, and four. Uh like that because once you get to the the second to the last episode you might as well just just finish it so and there's one episode that's kind of a, a standalone episode seven stands yeah. by itself and i think they're going to bring more of that into it and i i hope they do well you have to assume that there's what she's eight right yeah and then we have 11 so, so there's one through seven and nine and ten yeah where are those kids at other labs I mean, does Matthew Modine come back? I don't know how they're going to do it. I'm excited for it, though, because they did not let me down as far as the storytelling was concerned in season two. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, we're starting to try to keep our episodes a little bit shorter. So we're coming up on that. But I know I are we already at time. (laughs) We're at At least talk about Mario Brothers before we cut. That's what I was going to say is I I at least want to talk about gotten to play it. I've only gotten to watch it. Um not that I haven't had the opportunity to play it. I just yeah. haven't picked it up because one of my favorite games came out. And I'll, I'll address that in just a second. But tell everyone what you think about uh, Mario Odyssey. So and when I first started playing Mario Odyssey, immediately it was, bam, throwback to Mario 64. And it felt like I was replaying something that was just so groundbreaking. And it has so much different from any other Mario game that it's it feels like they've really set another you know uh, just another like step up they're like here you go guys this is the new level of Mario games that we're going to start putting out and it was the graphics they're phenomenal the music incredibly fun 
some new mechanics. I'm able to roll now. I have a hat. I can take control of all sorts of stuff. Um, and then I saw Darlene playing uh, one of the levels and realized that there are large sections of some of the levels I've already played through that I didn't even get to or see, which is mind-blowing to me because I did think they felt small, uh, but clearly they are not. And the game has no like intentions of slowing down from what I can see, and I've played quite a bit of it. Yeah, I think uh, Zach earlier was mentioning that he had things that you didn't have. Actually, I'm a little bit further than uh, Zach, but he did say uh, there are some levels apparently that get even crazier. One that looks like Dark Souls and has dragons. Can't wait to get there. Hope I can take over the dragon with my hat, fly around, do crazy stuff. That'd be sweet. Looking forward to playing Mario Odyssey. I should have my own Switch uh, before Christmas. I hope that'll be one of the first things I get. I um, normally take time with games. Normally... I take, like, if I'm going to spend 60 bucks on something, I'm going to make it last two weeks. I finished The Fractured But Whole in four sittings. <laughs> one, one of them being, like, a 13-hour Saturday marathon. Yeah. Loved it. I, I was going to say, like, I talked to you. I didn't even talk to you because you were just gone in your room playing that game. But when you had come down and it was only, like, three days later or something, then the game had come out and you're like, oh, yeah, I beat it. I'm on my second playthrough. I was like... What? Not only did I beat it, I 100%ed it. I'm only missing one uh, one achievement that I'll get on my second playthrough to play Black on the hardest difficulty. Uh, so I'm doing that now. I loved, and normally I don't get into this stuff, I loved the grid-based strategic combat. In fact, I am gravitating more towards finding games with that mechanic. I'm playing a game now called Plague Road that has that same mechanic. I really like the strategy element of there. South Park got did not get the reviews that Stick of Truth got. And I think it's because people had seen the mechanic before. But that doesn't mean that the jokes weren't great, that the game made me laugh harder than any game has since Stick of Truth came out. I don't think it's getting the praise that it deserves. It was it, They did such a good job with it. Yeah, I mean, what if they had just stuck with just a regular turn-based you know, left side, right side fighting game or, you know, RPG style game. I don't think that would have been as awesome. I think taking it to that next level and adding in the tactics style uh, grid was the obvious choice. It was probably the best choice. Way more playable characters this time. I'd say if you don't skip the cutscenes and you want to do a lot of stuff around the town, you're looking at a 23 hour playthrough minimally, which is great for a $60 title. In my opinion, um, bump it up to the higher difficulty, though. It is it is more challenging. Uh, that's how Doug did it. Doug played through his first playthrough all on hard, and oh, he, wow. he definitely got frustrated. I know he did because he was sending me messages. If you're a South Park fan, though, if you like Stick of Truth, you owe it to yourself to pick up Fractured But Whole. I don't want to – and here's where I won't do any spoilers. There are some jokes in the game that are so good. I have not told anyone about them because I don't want them – to not, I want them to experience it like I experienced for the first time where I have to hit the pause button on my controller because I'm laughing so damn hard. <laughs> and not laughing to myself and not giggling and not chuckling, laughing out loud, belly laughing at some of these jokes. Some mm -hmm. of the boss fights later on, you're like, there's only, the only two guys that can get away with that are Trey and Matt 
if anyone else puts that out in their game, there's no way it's flying past any sensors or the studio or anyone that's funding the the property. They get away with it though, and they've earned that, and they earn themselves a good game. And I hope this isn't it. I know that they stress out over it, and I know it takes them forever to make it, and they're perfectionists. And they're still making episodes of of the, the show, show, which has been great this season. If yeah. you haven't seen it, it's uh, it's been it's been really good. I think the last one I saw was Sons of Witches. <laughs> it's it's a hunt, you know, like like or whatever they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah not a hunt. It's not a, a hunt. It's a yeah. Anyway, we're ruining a... we're ruining the joke. It's 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 good though. There's a couple really good episodes this uh, this season. So if you're a fan of that, uh, certainly check that out. But if you've got a Switch, you should be playing Mario. Uh, I guess I'll end with um, the new Call of Duty got a lot of hype. It ain't that great. It's it's not. I, I blew through it last weekend. I blew through the campaign in two sittings. It took me seven and a half hours. Shocker there. And I feel like the graphics are amazing. Don't get me wrong. It's the best looking game I think I've seen on the on the Xbox One. But I feel like I've done World War II to death. And when the game opens at the beach in Normandy and you're running out, I was like, I remember when Brad showed me Call of Duty 2 or Call of Duty 1, and this was the opening level. Like, you, you're going to have to do something different. Now, different doesn't mean jetpacks. No. But I, it just it wasn't – it wasn't – it didn't blow me away. And the multiplayer is the same shit that it's always been. Nothing has changed. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I was getting real frustrated playing multiplayer. They have not figured out that not letting people spawn behind you isn't a good idea. Oh, gosh, yeah. And so it's frustrating. Uh, compared to – I've spent about six hours this weekend on Star Wars Battlefront 2's multiplayer, and that's more my it's more my bag. That's the one thing I will say, like Destiny, if it spawns someone behind you, or if it's well, it doesn't really do that too much. But if it spawns you in front of enemies, it spawns you with a shield for like the first like four seconds, so you don't like just get pounded and die immediately. You have a chance to run out of fire. So I I appreciate that mechanic, but Call of Duty can't really do that. You just spawn and die. Yeah, so if you're a fan of Call of Duty, it might be worth the 60 bucks to pick it up. I, uh, Other than that, I mean, I played through the campaign once. Maybe I'll play it on a higher difficulty. I guess I didn't get all the collectibles, but it just it didn't, it didn't blow me away. Thankfully, there's no new wars, really, to base Call of Duty games off of. I'll say that, so they kind of have to reuse content. Or make up an entirely new story. That's one of the things I like about like Killzone as a shooter, you know. Make and up Call a... of Duty has done that. Yeah. Um and those ones were pretty neat. Yeah, they had the one with uh with Kevin Spacey, Call of Duty Gay It Forward. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one like 2 years ago. Yeah. I just think it's kind of like with Assassin's Creed. Take a year off, man. Take take a year off. I have heard the new Assassin's Creed is really good. I've heard the same. So I haven't played it, just like I haven't played Destiny 2 because of how sour of a taste I have in my mouth from the previous entries. Yeah, and uh, that's definitely true with Assassin's Creed for me, but I've I've taken a, a good break from Assassin's Creed. Like The last one that I even played a little bit was uh, Black Flag, and that was awesome. That's the last one I played, too. So I think maybe this one's worth giving it a, sh- a try. Uh, and like you said, though, Call of Duty, I I don't know. I haven't played one since, what was it, Black Ops 2 or something? Is that a game? It is. It's sitting right over there on, on my <laughs> rack. <laughs> it's how little I care about it. 
well, we'll be back to our normal or close to normal schedule probably for the rest of the year. Uh, we will, of course, be back with a Game of the Year episode. We're definitely going to do something about Christmas. Sorry that we kind of missed Halloween. We did have a horror episode planned, but because I got sick, it had to be canceled. So I apologize for that. But we'll be bringing back you know, more bit-faced and probably episodes closer to this time length. We're going to try to go a little bit shorter unless we have a guest. So. And we've gone a little bit long on this one again. Of course we have, but that's, <laughs> that's just what happens uh, here in the Bit Cave. Uh, we're not going to be at any cons before the end of the year. We made that decision last year. We made a lot of mistakes as far as pushing ourselves too hard with my work schedule, at least until mid-December. I mean, I'm I'm fried daily. So, And even if we go to some cons, we might not be doing them live as much. I think it's really taxing. We, we like to go and enjoy the con, and I think doing episodes after and and speaking about the experience might be the way that we go for some of the the local cons but with hopes some of the other cons that we go to later if we do live will be a lot larger yeah i I completely agree with you but as always uh pay attention to the facebook page we'll keep you guys in the loop about anything uh that is going on with us we'll also be back to kind of uh you know for more more updates like this so thank you for for the for the break we didn't need all of it, but uh, you know that's what happens when you get sick. Across the table from me, chairman of the soundboard for the first time in a long time, <laughs> Tyler Run TRG Glaze. I am Eric G. Hollis, and we are out. <laughs>